Welcome to Redemption Unveiled, where we talk practical advice to live a Christian life. Hi, I'm Haley. I'm glad you're here. Let's do this. Welcome back, Ivy. And today we are going to dive into mom life, feeling like a failure as a mom, embarrassing moments, or times when our children are not exhibiting the perfect behavior that we have taught them to exhibit. And we have both had children that do not do exactly as we say. Surprise, surprise. All of our children at one point in time have have not not been perfectly bowed clean. Which everyone listening is going to be shocked to find. So both you and I have had strong-willed kids. And the thing about having a strong-willed kid is you don't know what it's like to have a strong-willed kid until you have a strong-willed kid, and then you recognize you now know what it's like. (laughs) So, Mm -hmm. So I have had both. I've had very compliant kids, and I mean, every child disobeys. Every child doesn't always listen to what you're, you know, what you tell them to do. But there is a difference between the ones that adam adamantly do the opposite of what you say, like the kid that you say, "Hey, hold my hand," and they go running towards the street. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> it, there yeah. is a difference between that kid and the yeah. kid that you know will just pick your hand up and say, "Okay, we're walking to the car." It's like, no problem. Yeah. Or the kid, I ha- I have one kiddo that literally, when they were a toddler, every single puddle, they jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're like, and you know, you don't want to be like the not fun mom, but like when you're just living life and it's a huge puddle and they get water all over themselves when you're headed to go somewhere, it's just frustrating. Like, do we have to do this again? (laughs) You know, and that's it. That's where you hit the nail on the head exactly. You don't want to be the not fun mom. And then you become a mom and you realize you are trying to maintain your life, your goals, even if it's just surviving a household. Right. In the midst of beings that want to go against that (laughs) goal. These extra beings around that are not supportive. And then it turns out that being the fun mom isn't actually fun for the mom sometimes because I still have to accomplish the whole goal of even like just maintaining the house, much the less if I have career goals, if I have, you know, friendships, (laughs) things like marriages, (laughs) extracurricular activities, you know? Yeah. So it's so funny. Uh, that you say that because I have I have redetermined my phrasing of like when we go on vacation. I don't say we go on vacation anymore. I say we take family experiences. And I don't say that we're going to have fun. I say we're going to have some pockets of fun. Like some <laughs> strong some strong pockets of fun. And yeah. we took the kids here last year to Disney and to the beach and that was just so helpful for me because, I mean, five kids at Disney, a yeah. one a year old and a two-year-old. Insert nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> but we're like, oh my gosh. Like, there was some moments because, you know, the older kids want to do things. So yeah. Carter would take the older kids and then I'd be back with the other two, like with Marin screaming, wanting to nurse, Shavit needing a nap, but you know, I mean, and I have this hard thing like uh, spatial recognition where every time I would lay <laughs> Marin down in the car seat, like I'd finally get her to sleep, I'd lay her down in the stroller and I'd hit her head and wake her up, and you're just like, oh my, I mean, this is Haley, like 
releasing her expectations so she doesn't like lash out like it's like Haley you chose this you chose to come to Disney with five children that was your choice like yeah. don't but it was like that belief of like we're gonna have pockets of fun honestly really helped me because I'm like we're not having a pocket of fun right now we're having a pocket of <laughs> like we were in Magic Kingdom for uh I don't know like five minutes maybe like we walked in the front gate and Shabbat, he wasn't in his stroller. He just goes off running. We had people looking for, uh, like, I could see him. He was in my eyesight. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, people looking for his parents. Yeah. And then we walked. I'm like, Shabbat, come. I'm his yeah. mom. I'm his mom. <laughs> and, like, we walked a little farther. I got and this under control. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I look over, and he is on all fours licking out of a water puddle <laughs> on the ground. And some lady is like, uh. And then she sees that I'm his mom. I'm like, yeah, you're going to handle this, ma'am. <laughs> you could step in. He'd probably listen to you more. You know what I mean? But it was like. Oh, I know. It, but those moments where, I mean, now I'm on kit five kids. So those kind of things don't bother me anymore. Like when we had less kids, you're more, you care more. I don't have the energy to care anymore what people think about my children. Yeah, yeah. But I have had those times when you are just overwhelmed, particularly if you are a mom of a strong-willed kid. This is what I, this is, so I had one, it really, it was two years of my life that was very, very difficult with one of our kids. And I'll never forget, Carter came home from work and I was on the bed and I told him, I said, (laughs) I said, I don't believe what I'm getting ready to say, but let me tell you what I thought all day. I oh. cannot wait until this kid turns 18. Like, <laughs> like that is, like, all day I've been thinking, like, one day this kid's yeah. going to be 18. It's not going to be my problem. Yeah. But yeah. until then, I am really getting, really struggling. But anyway, so I just, I love, I want to talk about this because so many moms, especially if you're not, like, we're from a big family. So yeah. we understand chaos. Like, there's what, like 19, like, nieces and nephews in our family counting, yeah. like, my kids and your kids and stuff. And so we're used to chaos, you know, a kid screaming, running, freaking out, getting in trouble. Like, this is just kind of a family dinner Sunday night, no big deal. Yeah. But I think about so many people that don't come from a culture of complete chaos. Yeah. <laughs> and there's this stigma, like, I have to be the perfect mom. My kids, maybe you're a, a mom that has kids and there's not a lot of other kids in your family. And so you feel this pressure from the adults or the other people that are telling you how you should parent or something. And I'm just going to say, just don't you worry about those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there was honestly, after I had kids, I felt like I went into a slight isolation as far as like, because there becomes such a high pressure of portraying in public even whenever a situation is out of control, portraying in public that you are okay and right. you are under control. <laughs> and then I'm, I do have this, that this is fine. You know, yeah. like. You look like, you're like, everyone, we are fine. Yes. We are fine. Yes. We are fine. And I would get home from just like, from just going to Walmart and with my strong-willed child and experiencing these moments of, you, you're past embarrassment at this point because you're in survival. And guess what, guys? We got to go to Walmart. <laughs> like, I got to have groceries. So yeah. at this point, I'm not even embarrassed by the fact that I'm here. I don't want to be here either. You have all these people looking at you. And my natural instinct is to make other people feel comfortable. 
Yeah, see, I don't, that's not a thing for no, me. No, that I'm is my like, natural instinct. I'm like, I am teaching parenting skills here. You can look, but I am not worried about what you think of me because I am teaching them life skills. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not me. Like, and I also have children, one of my girls really didn't care what other people thought of her at all. And so someone would come up and tell a joke <laughs> or say something really sweet and they would have no expression about that interaction so then here I am engaging with this let's just say 80 year old woman in Walmart trying to make her feel like her jokes are good but honestly ma'am I need milk and like it was actually all the way into the back of the store and that's the only reason I'm here but thank you so much I also think your outfit is great let's move on like Like you felt that pressure I felt the pressure to be like to make everyone around you comfortable yeah right and she didn't feel the need no she doesn't need she doesn't need to give excuse me ma'am I don't know you so I don't need to give you anything that you need and here I am just trying to get through a casual day and people are constantly needing approval or needing to or I feel like they need approval or need to be liked or validated so I'm over here trying to portray like here I'll validate you right because my two-year-old isn't equipped but don't you think a lot of women feel the pressure to like, worry about how everyone else is feeling? Yeah. Yes. Feel the pressure to worry about how everyone Just, else is feeling. Feel the pressure to that. have fun and okay. be fun. So, Carter, this was like two years ago. I don't remember what we were doing, but it was like the end of a weekend. And Carter says to me, we're in the car. I don't, I don't know. I wish I remember what we had just done. And he's like, he's like, baby, he's like... <laughs> You always make everything so fun. And there was like an awkward pause and I looked over at him and I'm like, I genuinely think you're you're being serious and you're, <laughs> you're giving me a compliment, but that feels so not reality. Like, what are you trying to say? And he's just like, I don't, I don't know again where we were coming from, but he's, he's like, no, he's like, you do. Like, you come up with these things that do make things fun. Yeah. And ever since then, it's like our running joke because, I mean, the reality of motherhood isn't fun. There's so much of just the grind of thankless, non-fun moments yeah. of motherhood. And so every now and then we have this joke. It's like our running joke now. Like, we're I'm living life and... I'll just say, I just make things so fun. Yeah. And then now, like, Carter sees the humor of it because, like, everything I do because almost. of your ability to reproduce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's just added more and more so fun. I have offered five <laughs> bundles of fun to our life. Yeah. But, but it is like this. I know so many women feel trapped by this pressure of. Yes, we need to make things fun. We need to make everyone behave. We need to... But here's what my strong-willed child taught me. And it revolutionized my parenting. You and your choices are not my problem. Now, I am responsible. All of my kids hear this. Your life is your choice. Your consequences are not. So I think that is a one of the biggest lessons I need to teach all of my kids. They will reap what they sow. They get to pick what they sow. And I often, from two and above, will say this. It's your choice, and I'll respect your choice. But your consequences are not your choice. And being that, I, I feel passionate to teach my children. Like, they will reap what they sow. Like, I think that's a basic human skill that all adults need. 
and many don't have, and I want to give that gift to my children. However, having a strong-willed child, before you have a strong-willed child, there's this facade that you're in control of your children's choices because you're never in control, but children that aren't going to fight you are easy to control in the way that they'll give you control, but it's still theirs to choose. And yet, when I once I had a strong-willed kid, I was like, wow, even consequences like that, consequences even consistent consequences are not enough to control your choices and that was just really revolutionary to me because like whoa you can't be controlled and honestly once I I mean it was a process but once I released that it was very freeing to me that even though I love my children so much and I hope that they choose great things for themselves. And I do believe it is my, it's my job to teach my children. It's my job to unconditionally love my children. Mm -hmm. It's my job to give them opportunity to learn things. And I, I believe it's my job to be as consistent as possible to teach that principle of sowing and reaping. Like, hey, this is the structure. And if you go outside of that structure, there is going to be a consequence for actions. But it's not my job to control your choices. And that was so freeing because then that gave me the opportunity to just start communicating that with with all my kids. Like, hey, actually, now I'm recognizing you are lying and that's your problem. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I will teach you. I will talk to you. I will tell you why I don't want you to be a liar. But at the end of the day, if that's who you choose to be, I'm going to love you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want you to do that because that will make you feel alone. And I don't want you to feel alone, but... I'm going to go ahead and live my life. And I tell my kids all the time, I'm like, guys, I've chosen what I want for my life. And I'm actually really happy with my choices. But now you guys get to decide what you want for your life. And it'll be your choice. Mm -hmm. It'll be your choice if you want that or not. So, Mm -hmm. and I actually think it empowers my children. I think it empowers them to recognize, like, even with my faith and things that I've done for my marriage and the the things that I do, I'm like, guys, this is what I've chosen and what I believe. But the, and I'll teach you about what I believe. But now you have to decide if it's what you believe. You know, I don't know. I really, it makes me excited to do that with my kids. Because then I'm like, I want their beliefs to be theirs. Not yeah. just they have to believe what I believe because they're scared that I'll be mad at them or something. Yeah. And you know, for for my strong-willed child, empowerment ended up being the key First of all, I had to get to a point where I had to identify my identity, where when I first became a mom, I kind of thought, if you have well-behaved kids, you're a good mom. Oh, absolutely. You know, you have this belief. So if your kids behave well, then you are good. Right. Well, I mean, my firstborn, yeah, my firstborn had strong, strong behaviors, strong opinions, and there were the majority of public settings where they chose not to behave well (laughs) and and I was I I just remember this time where I was experiencing a public situation with my oldest daughter I was walking out of the building and being physically assaulted at the same time and I just remember seeing all these eyes look at me and say telling myself Ivy you are still doing a good job Mm -hmm. Ivy you are still a good mom and you have a good child, period. Right. Their right. behaviors. Yes. Like, and I loved my daughter. She, I loved her will. I loved her strength. And honestly, for her, empowerment was the big thing. Like, once we were able to start communicating, yes. it's interesting now because she's not even as strong-willed as she used to be. Right. Because we have found this balance of empowerment for her. Right. Okay, let me tell you, this is how much 
This is how much power over this situation you can have. Here's the, your this options. This is your control. Yes. Here's the control you have. I'm very clear about that because for her, she needed things to be so clear. Right. And now, honestly, like for her, it was constantly just, I want to say in a few things too. I was a goer and she was a homebody. Right. Well, we kind of identified that once she became a communicator. But before then, we didn't know. And she honestly, she didn't even know what she right. was experiencing. But for me, the biggest point in my journey with parenting was, and I'm so grateful my firstborn was a strong-willed child because I never, be- I never had the opportunity to believe that if I just had well-behaved children, I was a good mom and my children were good. Right. Nope, we didn't necessarily have the ba- behaviors to line up, but I knew my child was yes. good and great and had big purposes. And so I knew that I was doing a good job. Right. But our experiences weren't necessarily, <laughs> <laughs> our experiences weren't necessarily outlining that. Yeah, and just like I talk about a lot on the podcast, that I think motherhood really helped me even understand more. Motherhood and marriage and friendship, just relationship in general, have taught me someone can be good, really, really good, and have bad behaviors. And when I, that's when I say, like, my job is to love my children, that right there is, I always say, you are good. I don't care what you do. I've, I've told my kids, I don't care if one day you do something, you go to jail. I, you are good, and I will be there to visit you. You will do nothing ever that will lose the love that I have for you, period. I don't care. Uh, no ifs, ands, and buts about it. Like, yeah. that is, that is so deep in me. I will tell you right now, nothing ever. Now, I'll say, now you may have consequences for your choices. I'm not going to pay you to get you out of jail. <laughs> I'll, I will come and visit you and I will love you. Yeah. And you are good no matter what, because that's who God has created you to be. And I will call that forth and I will believe that no matter what you do. I don't know. I love the empowerment of just saying, this is who you are. However, you get the power to make all the choices. And now my older kids, you know, they're getting to the age where we're having to start. I'm starting to tell them, hey, guys, you're not that far away from getting to choose, you know, to choose this and choose that and then choose that. And honestly, it's going to be your choice. Okay, so I will have certain rules and you'll have consequences, but you guys get to decide who you want to be. And I will tell you that sometimes if you make this choice, this can happen and this can happen, this can happen. If you make this choice, this can happen. But at the end of the day, I made my choices. I, for the most part, am happy with my choices. Am I happy with everything? No, let me tell you the ones I'm not happy with. Let me tell you the ones I'm happy with and the ones and why I'm happy. And so that you can be prepared and yeah, you're going to make mistakes. At the end of the day, I think... The reason why we have to learn to not take that shame on as a mom and to let ourselves go deep into the failure because that comes from performance. And if we want to teach our children unconditional love and we want to teach our children healing, we need to recognize that when we experience failure as a mom, that actually is us experiencing brokenness. And if we process that, we can then take what we've learned and go to our kids and say, hey, I see that you're struggling with lying or cheating or you know what or anger or physical violence or whatever that is and you can have that conversation especially as they get older I mean my older kids I'm loving the conversations that we can have on like hey let's talk about this behavior why do you keep lying (laughs) you know why do you keep overreacting to these situations because that's on you 
You know, your behaviors are on you. It's not my problem. Mm-hmm. I am here for you. I'm here to support you. But it is not my problem. You have to own that problem. And you have to go inside yourself and figure out what is going on. But if we have shame with our mothering and we just feel like we need to be perfect, I don't think we realize how much that projects onto our children. And we actually are teaching our children that their behavior is shameful, shameful if yeah. they are not perfect. Yeah. And that was so huge for me because I had already done so many years of trying to work through shame for myself, thank goodness, before I did decide to have kids. And so there were several times where I was like, man, I know that I could probably shame her into behavior. Yeah, a certain behavior, but that's not what I'm willing to do. Right. And so I kind of had to establish my own truths of like, okay, I know I'm a good mom and I know my child is good. And we have these accelerated situations here right. that that are even making other people question you. their me, my goodness, and her goodness yeah. in a given moment. Right. You know? And that's like, where that mom life, I feel like, is that warrior where yeah. you have to shield your kids. And I, I don't have teenagers yet, but I can feel it coming. Yes. Where it's like, my job is to believe my kids are good. Yeah. My job is to understand they're going to make mistakes and come at those without shame. Doesn't mean we don't create, I'm not into La La Land. So I'm not into saying, oh, you don't have that problem. That's their problem. No, I'm like, no, you got major problems there, but I love you. <laughs> you know, we can work through those. And if you don't want to, that's your choice. But I'm here if you want to in encouraging that dialogue. But I want to help people become warrior moms and warrior women so that then they can take that understanding of how to find healing and give it to their kids yep. and then say, hey, we're not doing this in shame. We're going to be real and say we've all got major issues, but we're going to bring healing to that as we bring it into the light and we understand to talk and be vulnerable and talk about those things, but also accept responsibility for our actions. Yep. yep. So anyway, thank you so much for coming on, Ivy. It's always fun to have you and we will see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, would you mind sharing it with a friend or putting it on your social? If you want to follow me on my social media, it's Redemption Unveiled on Instagram and Facebook or Haley Marie Carter on my personal Instagram. I truly believe you do not have to live stuck in your own life. So use the choices you have to find that freedom you crave. I'll see you next time. Bye.